Hello everyone and welcome back to Cinema Gems and as always I'm your host the Admirable Admiral and as always we're in a video store somewhere in hometown so come find us. Yes, video stores still exist and of course the video store is very breathing with dog hair everywhere because of the fantastic Miss Frida and the Honorable Tesla uh, chewing on his jackalope antler. The Jackalope Antler returns! <clears throat> and of course, as always, their very beautiful sounding voice, the sultry sounds of the voice, is of course the very illustrious Butt Maestro himself. How's it going, buddy? Oh, thanks, Admiral. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm sorry, oh, God, I can't no. keep that up for very long. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, welcome back to Cinema Gems. We are another podcast that mostly talks about movies. Sometimes some cinema-adjacent things like video games and TV shows. And uh, today, we got a weird one. I'm not even going to bury the lead and pretend this isn't a weird movie. This, this is a weird movie. Um, and it might be hard for you to find, but if you can find it, oh boy, we're going to talk about it today. Um, it is on HBO Max. It is it on is? HBO Max. Okay, cool. I no longer it have is. HBO Max. My trial of it ended. Uh, so, of course... But you, you did borrow the DVD admiral from the video store. The the admirable admiral um, let me check out the DVD from the video store, and I haven't. I didn't right let here. him check it out. I was like, I was like, just take it. You don't need to check it out. You ain't gotta pay for it. You work here. What are you doing? <laughs> it's not a very, uh, not a great business model. But I appreciate the generosity. Um, before we start with today's content with today's subject matter i want to say two things one you were talking about the fantastic miss frida and the honorable tesla and i have to say even though i like the convenience of our remote recording setup uh which i don't know if the listeners can tell but for the last several weeks we have been continuing with this remote recording setup even though we're both clear if we wanted to we can uh we can totally just step back into the booth together because um, we're both fully vaccinated. However, we kind of like the convenience of this uh, remote setup. That being said, I miss the puppers. I do. I miss the fantastic Miss Frida and the Honorable Tesla. And I, I'm sure, like a lot of a lot of our listeners, uh, we miss human contact too, <laughs> to an extent. <laughs> it's not me. No, not I you. I love. I only love getting in human contact with my wife that's fair that's it um, that's it i love other thing. people stay away from them. one more thing uh before we start with uh clifford today uh that i was kind of reminded of when i was looking at my beautiful rainbow DD dice um happy pride month to all of our amazing gay babies and queer people and uh, wherever you fall on that spectrum Please know that, at least to us at Cinema Gems, you are a hundred percent valid. You are you are yes. amazing the way you are, and I genuinely believe that the world becomes a brighter place when someone becomes comfortable with who they are. Yes, <coughs> uh, I was going to mention that as well. Um, happy Pride Month uh, to yes. everyone. Happy Pride Month because you earned this month. Hell this month is yes. yours to do what you wish. I mean, you should be able to do what you wish whenever you want, but take revenants and just, this is your month. 
this is your month. Like I, everyone gets one day because of their birthday, but get a month. I I love that my birthday is right in the middle of Pride Month. It's every right in the. Year, would you say in the middle? Not, would not you say in the middle? middle? Not quite in the middle. Okay, like beginning middle-ish. Okay. For the purposes of cinnamon gems, it's going to be closer to the middle this time. For the purposes um, okay. of cinnamon gems. I, I thought it was next week. Is it next week? I thought we were. We but can yeah. we can talk about that behind the scenes. You got it. Um, so, uh, and another reason uh, this movie, out of all the movies that we could have picked of Charles Grodin's library, the reason we picked this one in particular is because this is one of my favorite uh, portrayals that Charles Grodin has ever done. Um, because I remember watching this quite a few times as a, chi as a child. Um, and Charles, Charles Grodin is a character actor, a slapstick actor, a dry humor actor that works so well in this setting that I could have seen no other body play his character, Mark. Correct. Um, I, he, he played this character fantastically. He was the perfect straight man who was slowly losing his mind, losing his patience. Yeah. It's very relatable yeah. at times. Oh, yeah. Um, and this movie is also co-starring, or I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess Martin Short is the full, like, the A-lister he, and Charles Gordon's the B-lister. He, he's the, right. the middle face on the poster. He's, yeah. So, in this movie... He is the um, title character. Yes, Clifford. Uh, it was made in 1990. Um, it sat on the shelf for four years. And it was released in 94 to <laughs> hardly any marketing whatsoever. Um, and... How do you also, market the other a movie thing... like this? How how do you hmm? market how do you market a movie like this without it looking like an obvious Dennis the Menace ripoff? Because it's not. Um, well, the but... funny thing is, is that this came out this came out before Home Alone did. Technically, it was filmed in 1990. Home Alone. This is one of the Home Alone clones that people call about, yeah. which is fine, which is perfect. But it was made on tandem, like within within the same year as home alone or wait no it would be before home alone so it was one of the first home alone clones i guess you would say yeah. but it's better because if you just market it as a slapstick black comedy that's exactly what this movie is yeah. this movie is a satirical you know slapstick dark black comedy, comedy. It's exactly what it, is. it is a dark comedy big Big air quotes, big air quotes. Um, I don't, I don't know uh, if we can call it a black comedy since I think a hundred percent of the cast is white. No, a black comedy as in a dark, dark comedy sense of like humor, that. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, theater term. Sorry about that. So, um, if we can get into it, this movie starts out with a flash. Well, I was. I, I was actually about to mention something before we go on. Oh, well, go for it. Go um, for it. Is that uh, in 1990, uh, this movie was made. Uh, Martin Short was 40 years old. Wow. Playing a perpetual 10-year-old boy. Um, so technically, when this movie was released, 
He was 44. Wow. So, yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So, we open up, like you said, flash forward uh, 2050, uh, and we see an older version of Martin Short's title character, Clifford, as a priest dressed, in California. Dressed as a bishop, weirdly enough. Yeah, sorry. Heads up, guys. Uh, my my scarring through the Catholic Church is going to come through a little bit, especially at the beginning of this movie, because I was not comfortable with anything in this setup, with Martin Short's weird-ass character being called father but being dressed like a bishop. Either way, he has way too much power for someone who is knucking futs. Um, <clears throat> watching over all of these boys, uh, just a bit uncomfortable. Like, Father Touchy-Feely really needs to make room for Jesus, is all I'm saying. Gotcha. Um, so, uh, so we open up, and they're, you know, he's getting, he's getting, he's getting kind of beat up by these kids, or picked on by these kids, so, uh, a little boy, uh, who is played by a young Ben Savage, pre-Boy Meets World years. Pre-Boy Meets World, like, he's, Mm -hmm. he's little, little. Uh, and he's like, oh, so they go over to like this garden and they, he tells him, you know, about his life, about what's going on. Uh, and so then, uh, Clifford goes and goes, well, let me tell you a story about my life. And he starts this big old spiel about his life and it's kind of starts off like a fairy tale in a way Uh, where he's a little bit. Like a, a fairy tale that needs some, some great polish, some yeah. uh, a lot of polish, um, and we find out that uh, they are going to Hawaii for a conference, and his dad is played by Bing Bong, mm-hmm. um, which you better well m- might know him from Monk, I believe. A lot of people know him from Monk. Yes, uh, known from a handful uh, of things, but yeah, Bing Bing Bong, uh, yeah, Richard Kind. He's a Richard Kind. Yes, amazing actor. Uh, and he basically loses his shit, and he's like, look, just shut up and stop. Okay, well, and he's obviously, Martin Short is a 40-year-old man, at least a 25-year-old man at this point. Yeah. At least. That's what he looks like. And just, it's one of those movies where you suspend disbelief because you need to know that going into watching this movie. And so you're like, okay, I could suspend my disbelief. Uh, so he asks to go to the, to the pilot's chambers or the cockpit, uh, pilot's chambers. That's what will now be known as from now on. Um, the cockpit and is, you know, it's like, Oh, Hey, can we do this? Oh, well, I want to go to dinosaur world. Can we land please? Uh, so basically, he lands, but to his defense, it wasn't him. It was the dinosaur that he carried around called Steven. What? Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I want to preface this with I am not any kind of licensed psychologist or anything like that, but uh, I need someone who is... Uh, to confirm my suspicion, uh, this kid is definitely on the spectrum, right? Like, 
definitely like he's got disassociative personality disorder like talking to the dinosaur like he thinks the dinosaur is actually talking to him and making him do things he's got these compulsions and impulses that are super not good like he's definitely on the spectrum right i know we have at least Mm -hmm. one or two listeners who are like certified psychologists and sociologists i need y'all to confirm my suspicion please this is uh this this kid is just out there and i get it a lot of it's just martin short's Um, performance but wow it's an excellent performance um so he's on the no-fly list because he made the plane land um, so his parents can't go to the conference and his dad's losing his shit. And then his, uh, Martin Short's mom's like, Hey, don't you have a brother here? He's like, Oh God, I do. So he goes and calls his brother who's played by Charles Grodin that they haven't talked to, I think in 10 years, I believe in 10 years. Um, and they go pick him up. And Which can I say, his... that made me feel a little bit better about my relationship with my my brother because at least I talk to him like once a month or so. Yeah, that, that's that's better than this. Like, hey, oh yeah, uh, try to have a decent relationship with your immediate family members, unless it's the kind of thing where they absolutely don't want to have a relationship with you, and any attempt you've made is just unhealthy as hell. In that case, fuck them. But like, you know. Keep up with your family right. members. <laughs> yeah. Unless they're um, so, terrible. So, Charles Grodin's character uh, made... Is, is quote-unquote engaged to be engaged to his current girlfriend. Yeah, to uh, um, Mary Steenburgen. Who wants kids. The, uh, the mom from Step Brothers. And also Clara from Back to the Future 3. Also, yes. Um... And she wants children, but Charles Gordon's character doesn't want children, so he buys a house that's on the side of a cliff with one bedroom. So she's like, you don't want kids. What? Where are they going to play? Off the cliff in the backyard? So, you know, doesn't they doesn't really matter about that. This, this, this so, relationship sounds like it's built on some serious communication issues because either she hasn't clearly communicated with him how much she really wants kids and the whole, like, my biological clock is ticking spiel, uh, or she has and he just doesn't listen, in which case, like, yeah, maybe they shouldn't be with each other. <laughs> right. Um, but moving on. <clears throat> So then, you know, they have, then they go and he's like, oh, hey, uh, and then his brother calls him, Richard Kahn calls him and he's like, hey, look, um, which by the way, okay, out of all the movie siblings possible, I don't for one goddamn chance believe that Richard Kind is the brother to Charles Grodin. I think it could have been believable if they had actually had a scene together that was more than just talking over the phone. I think they could have made some pretty good chemistry between these two actors if they had the chance. They just never had the chance. Yeah, and they never see they're never on screen together like you said. Like they yeah. never share a scene that's not yeah. virtual. Yeah. Um and maybe if it was in person I could understand it maybe maybe. maybe. Yeah. But it's just the height difference alone that's that's the thing. The height difference alone to me is kind of like, whoa, 
All right, so That's at some point difference. after the show, but, uh, I'm going to show you pictures of my family members and the drastic height differences, especially between my mom, who is the oldest of four, and her baby brother, who's a fucking giant. Okay. Things happen, okay? okay. <laughs> DNA okay. is not perfect by any means. Sometimes you get identical no, I, twins, and sometimes you get two people who do not look related to each other. Like me and the person you call my adoptive brother. That's because he is your adoptive brother. Believe it or not, we are biologically related. We don't look like it, but we are biologically brothers. <laughs> when I get my time machine, I will go back in time and I will make sure that y'all are both biological <laughs> brothers. But from now on, no. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We have nicknames for everybody on the show. And yours is your adopted brother. That's that's fair. That's that's fair. Mine is mine is petty officer. My mother is birth giver. You know, so it's just. But whatever. That's besides the point. Uh, but yes, I understand what you mean. I'm just saying that from a Hollywood standpoint, it doesn't fit. If that makes sense. I I think there to are, me there there are bigger things to nitpick in this movie. That that didn't of bother course. me so much. There are other bigger things to nitpick in this movie. Of course. Uh, so basically, um, he goes to uh, Charles Gordon goes to pick up uh, Martin Short, um, and he like, uh, I like how Martin Short like opens the door and stares at Charles Gordon. He's like, "That's my uncle Martin," and closes it, and then like falls asleep to this. Now I want you to specify: is that a choir? Is that an original, like song, or did they steal that from something? When when that little song that's playing when Martin Short is asleep and he goes, thank uh uh something Uncle Martin like thanks for picking me up Uncle Martin and he's asleep, is that um, a is they, that like a choir? So I don't remember the or, exact piece, but they do actually use several orchestral choir excerpts in this movie, uh, for certain things. Um, I don't remember that exact one, but uh, let me go down. I'm going to look up all cast and crew, and I'm going to look up the composer for this movie. Um, where did you go? This is a very long list. Okay, so basically Richard after, after that... By uh, Richard Gibbs. So either uh, it, it, they used some original... Uh, they used some unoriginal samples, which they definitely did in this movie, or Richard Gibbs... Um, Who's also composed for Battlestar Galactica, Queen of the Damned, Ten Things I Hate About You, Doctor Doolittle? He's he's been all over the place. Um, you've heard his music, whether you know it or not. Um, he did some good work in this movie. He also did some work in this movie that is just very safe, very non standoutish because Martin Short's performance is already standoutish enough. They didn't need the music to be extra wild. Um, okay, cool. Well, that, to me, stood out that scene. I was like, whoa, that's jarring. Whoa. Oh, um, it didn't bother me. It didn't bother me so much, but I get it. Oh. Uh, and then, uh, so they head out, and of course, he goes to, uh, <laughs> his uncle takes him home. And I love when he takes him home. Uh, we get a, a scene before that, that, uh, there's a bunch of people missing items off of the airplane. And come to find out, Martin Short said that he had a dog. He had, I think it was like a, a scooter or a surfboard or something. Mm -hmm. 
And it's just like different things. Like, what the hell, man? Yeah, as well as having uh, disassociative personality disorder, uh, he is a kleptomaniac a f- of the highest order. He's a klepto. That's exactly what he is. Klepto. Um, now, I will say, we've neglected to mention the thing that Martin Short's character, Clifford, wants most throughout this entire movie, and that he wants to go to well, Dinosaur gonna... Land. It, but I love that he mentions it to his Uncle Martin, and his Uncle Martin goes, well, I have a lifetime pass, because I built the dinosaur How ride that you want to go convenient. on. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, wow. Okay. You're not going to explain that again? All right. Cool. I I will say, I'll give the movie some credit. This is the only movie I can think of where they they give one of the main characters the profession of architect, and they actually make that profession relevant to the plot of the movie, directly relevant to the plot of the movie. He's not just an architect. He's literally worked on this kid's favorite park this kid's favorite ride he is like yeah yeah, it works for the plot unlike most movies where they just use architect as a stand-in profession to explain what they do during the day when they're not creeping on women yeah ted mosby okay fucking weirdo man i hate that show i hate that i watched that show for so long i hate that i watched that show for so long I hate that I watched that show for so long. Oh, hey, I said it three times. That means I don't remember that show anymore. Cool. cool. Moving uh, on. Um, so, yeah. So, basically, uh, you know, he shows up and he goes, brings him to a Mary Steenburgen's house, and he's like, look, this is my nephew Clifford. But Clifford goes and sneaks in, and the dinosaur is inside the shower of Mary Steenburgen. And she thinks it's Clifford. I mean, I'm sorry. She thinks it's uh, Charles Martin. Grodin's character, Martin. Yeah. But it's not. It's his ten, his supposed ten year old nephew. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I love when he sees, uh, like, uh, Martin Short's character, Clifford Stees, sees Marin Steeburgeon. Uh, it's just like he like has like he's in love with her. Like yeah, he instantly falls kind of, just I, head over heels in love with. I don't know how to explain it. You 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 you're better with sound clips instant, than me. It, it's just, how would you explain the sound interludes when she comes in? Uh, it's very reminiscent to the. It's it's very. I don't remember what that piece of music is called, but it. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so then after that, we kind of get to you know the point where he goes and he shows him around and he's like, "I want to go to Dinosaur Land." And he's like, "No." Uh, and so then he goes and brings uh, Martin Short's character to work, <laughs> and then he's like, "Look, I'm going to show you to uh, Mary Steenburgen." I apologize. And so then, I realized my mute my uh, mic on your end has been muted for a few minutes. I have been responding. I promise. That's okay. <laughs> You'll hear it in the recording. That's okay. <laughs> okay uh so what about basically he's in love with he's in love with mary steenburgen's character oh yeah full-on infatuation uh and like i said the music in this uh situation perfectly captures just how weird and creepy it is that this kid has this very premature infatuation with this much 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 older woman um and immediately setting up and i i have to say i love charles uh Croton, Gordon, 
Grodin. Grodin, right? Have I been saying that wrong yeah. this whole time? Charles Grodin. Um, you said earlier that Charles Grodin is amazing as this character, and you're absolutely right. He nails all the little moments of just seeing through Clifford immediately and going, oh shit, what have I taken on? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I thought, I thought no, that... like temporarily adopting this kid would be a blessing in disguise. No! This is the opposite. How the hell did my brother have such a demon child? Jesus Christ. Um, and so then, uh, you know, uh, he takes him to work and he shows him around. And then they go and meet his boss. And before his before they meet his boss, they mention the, a wig. You have the uh, bestest wig I've ever seen. Do you or know who his like boss that. is? I know I recognize that ap- actor, Dabney Coleman. What else is this guy he's, in? He's the principal from Recess. That's it. Okay. God, I love that show. Um, yeah, he's been in a ton of things. Um, hey, come on, IMDb. What's Look, up? Damn it. You, can you hear me now? Oh, yeah. No, I can hear you. Um... Let me see what else this guy has been in real quick. I'm, I'm looking through his But no, he's, he's the principal from, uh, from Recess. From Recess. Um, Stuart, oh, he was in Stuart Little. Admiral Cabin. Who was he in Stuart Little? Ah. Uh, because he's not Stuart Little. That's oh, Michael J. No, Fox. obviously. Um, he's Dr. Beachwood in Stuart, Stuart Little. He is, oh yeah, he's in You've Got Melee. He's in uh, the Wonderful World World of Disney. Um, I'm I'm scrolling through his IMDb. You've definitely seen this actor before, even if you're not fully conscious of it. Um, he was in a bunch of the Dolly Parton movies, including Nine to Five. Uh, and also, I think uh, Straight Talk, which I own. Yes, Straight Talk. <clears throat> uh, and so then we get to. Uh, that scene, and uh, he basically tells Charles George's character, "Hey, look, I understand that you've been working on this train or this transit system around the city for a while now, but it needs to be redone. Completely uh, redone. We yeah. need you to completely and it needs to be redo done your passion project by Friday. Uh, and uh, while that happens, he also asks his girlfriend uh to go up to San Francisco with him uh, for a retreat." And Charles Gordon is like, you know what he's trying to do. He's trying to sleep with you, basically. And she's like, no, he's not. Um, And we'll later find out that that's exactly what happens. But we'll get to that when we get to that. We'll get to that when we get there. Uh, But uh, they're driving. Charles Gordon promised uh, his his Clifford, promised Clifford that he would take him to Dinosaur Land uh, today. But when he found out that he had to redo the entire trans system, he has to go home and redo the entire trans system and do everything again, all of this. Um, But, so basically, Clifford throws a hissy fit and wants to go to a gas station. Mm -hmm. And the gas station scene, for some reason, it stands out in my brain with the dinosaur What, as being extra weird? The dinosaur outfit! The dinosaur outfit and being super extra weird too. I, I will say when the one little 
bit that really got me that actually like one of the few times I laughed out loud in this movie is Charles Gordon trying to tell the mom like oh the last time I saw your kid he was counting money in the bathroom slap (laughs) (laughs) that was a really good scene that That was great this whole scene was great uh and I love that I love that they're out of chocolate and I love the outer chocolate at a gas station in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, it's much, more, we also, much more realistic for them to just be out of water or gas. And also, before we go any further, guys, we also should know should note that this movie was released on April Fool's Day in 1994. Yeah, so, you mentioned that to me earlier before yeah. the show, and I can't believe I didn't already know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh... So, uh, so as he goes and tries to get the chocolate, uh, Clifford pays this kid in the bathroom who's dressed up as a dinosaur because they're going to Dinosaur World, so he wants to go mm-hmm. to Dinosaur World. So he pays this kid like I don't, some money that he has in his pocket. I don't know where he got it from. And he basically trades outfits with him. And so then uh, Charles Gordon's character goes and checks on in the bathroom. And he's like, oh, hey, you're not. Where'd you get those clothes from? And he's like, oh, some kid paid me for my dinosaur costume. And then he goes up, and like you said, uh, hilarity ensues. And where's my kid? Oh, he's probably in the bathroom counting the money. Mm-hmm. Like, that is hilarious scene because it's an accurate statement of what just happened. Mm-hmm. But it can be taken poorly a worded. thousand times different. A- accurate but poorly worded considering... Exactly. Exactly. Like you said, words mean things. Um, and, yeah. The, the, but whatever. This is, this is one of the best moments in the movie because it is... So much of the, big air quotes, comedy of this movie are just really cringy moments. Just, just like, oh god, that hurts to watch. Like, I feel sorry for anyone in this situation. This is the epitome of those moments um now i i mentioned before the show that i wanted to say something about martin short in this role uh Mm -hmm. and i i don't expect you to fully agree with me because i know you love martin short and i love martin short in certain roles too he's a great actor i watched this movie thinking i can think of one actor in particular who might have been as good maybe better in this role Doing it exactly the way Martin Short did, like fully grown person acting like a child. Jim. So Carrey. a forty-year-old, a forty-year-old Jim Carrey would have been Jim perfect. Carrey. Jim I think Carrey Jim would Carrey would have been fucking hilarious in this movie. Not to say that Martin Short isn't, but I think Martin Short leaned really hard on the uncomfortable silences. Uh, whereas you know what, you know what. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I think Martin Short uh, leaned really hard into the uncomfortable silences and just making the audience and his cast members, by proxy, just very uncomfortable in every scene to the point that, like, all you can do is instinctively, ha, 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 like, uncomfortably <laughs> laugh. Um, the thing, the, uh, Jim Carrey would have been so, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, Mar- like you said, Martin Short would, did a great job, but... If he Jim Carrey would have brought his own performance, and it probably would have been a better performance movie because 
Charles Gordon and Jim Carrey would have fed off each other so well. 100%. So well. You you know this man's career better than I do. Did Charles Grodin and Jim Carrey ever have ever have the chance to perform together? I believe they did not. Dang it. That seems like a missed opportunity. Yeah. Uh yeah. Uh and so um they they head home uh and Charles Grodin is absolutely pissed. Like pissed at it. and he has every Rightfully right so. to be pissed at Rightfully so. Every right to um, 100%. Here comes one of my favorite scenes <laughs> is when he's yelling at him and he's like, can you just look at me normal for like a normal person for three seconds? You can't even do it for two seconds, can you? You can't even... I just want everyone to know that has ever seen me on register that's my <laughs> internal brain all the time. This is true. As someone who works with him almost every day, this is true. Like, that... That's going on in my brain. I may not act like that as this a person. Is, this is you and Silent But Deadly. Oh, 1,000%. 1,000%. 1,000%. him. Like <laughs> this, this is This is you and Silent But Deadly. Fucking dumb and dumber. <laughs> okay. All the okay. registers cutting up, making each other laugh, which, like, we need. It's it's very yeah. valuable. It's very needed. Yeah. Um, and so then, you know, he sends him off to the room. And he... So Martin Short Clifford decides to fuck with his uncle. And send in a bomb plot? A bomb threat. <laughs> send in a fucking bomb threat. Which, like... Wow. The Can, difference we between Can we not say that too much? Can we not say that? Can we not say that too much, please? I, Just, I'm only I'm saying it less than the movie did, to be fair, and yes. to be extra fair, this shows the drastic difference between pre 9/11 movies and post 9/11 movies because a post 9/11 movie would not have had this subplot at all. Nope. This and it was it was forgotten sense. about, like in an instant. It was forgotten about in an instant. Yep. Okay, so basically. After that, uh, they go to a fancy dinner, which is Mary Steenburgen's uh, mom and dad's, I think, 40th or 50th anniversary, I believe. Yeah. Or 30th. I don't know exactly what. But um, they go ahead and they go over there and Martin Short sends in the tape uh, to, I think, the police office. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so then... They're going to this nice fancy dinner, and uh, I love that Charles Gordon's like, look, if you act like a normal person, like, even your face is not normal kind of thing, I will take you to Dinosaur World if you stop. Like, just stop, and I will take you to Dinosaur World. So, they go, and, um, and you know, Mark uh, Clifford is being... Being a dick like Clifford is, mm-hmm. and basically poking and prodding his soon-to-be in-laws, um, t- pours his drink out uh, and puts Tabasco sauce in it. When I saw that, I was like, "Oh God, all Tabasco sauce!" Oh no, 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 no! <laughs> all Tabasco sauce. Uh, and so then he tries to give, uh, you know, gives a speech about his 
soon-to-be father-in-law. And he goes to give a speech about his soon-to-be mother-in-law. Uh, and he can't because his his throat is basically dry. Um, mm-hmm. And then he drinks a gallon of water and just screams really loud. <laughs> and he grabs Martin Short's character, brings him in the kitchen, and tells everybody to get the fuck out. And then when Mary Seabridge walks in, they start to practice baseball? What?! Okay, I know you people might be like, well, no, that's not, that's exactly what happened in the movie. Yeah, pretty much. Beat by beat by beat. Exactly what happened. Exactly. Uh, do you want to talk about the scene when, uh, Mary Steenburgen's mom is kissing on Clifford and he, like, screams really loud? Ah! I mean, I, you just did. (laughs) (laughs) Every move, every, every scene in this movie where Clifford, where Martin Short gets to make someone uncomfortable, he does. He absolutely, yeah. he makes everyone just really cringily uncomfortable. Uh, God. So what, what comes next? Uh, then we have the scene where uh, they, uh, Mary Steenburgen, and, oh, the, 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 uh, the cops come, the cops show up. Because uh, they're going to dinner, and uh, they're at dinner, and Clifford slips lipstick into Charles Gordon's lip balm. Uh, so he puts it on, and they kind of freak out. People are like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Uh, because this is, of course, the early 90s, so people yeah, this, are this still is not before okay. anyone had a had a sense of, hey, just leave people alone and let people be people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> then the cops show up, and they're like, look, hey, uh, this guy, uh, you know, uh, said it wanted to do terrorism on American soil, so we're gonna take him in. And so they take him in, and he's like, look, it's not me, it's my nephew. And they're like, yeah, sure. And they let him go! They let him go. Again, pre-9-11 versus post-9-11. And he's None also a white man. would have happened. He's also, He's also a, a wealthy white man. You're right. I mean, and he is an architect, so that should be another red flag. But that's besides the point. Um, uh, so then uh, he goes back to... Because at that point, Clifford goes home with Mary Steerberg's character. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... Uh, Charles Gordon's character shows up and basically tries to drown Clifford in a bowl of cereal because he knows that he's the one that did all this. Mm-hmm. He's very much aware that he did all this. Yep. Um, so then Mary Steenburgen's character goes off to uh, San Francisco uh, by flight, I believe. And then um, he leaves kind of a, I guess, a note that uh, Clifford himself is going off to San Francisco by train. So Charles Gordon's character decides to go and, you know, he's like, look, I, I can't have this kid do this. Like, I kind of want to connect with him. Like, not exactly shown that well, but he's like, I can't let him do this. So he goes off and he tries to stop the train. Uh, and then the train starts to move. And then uh, we get to see a scene that I think can only work in this movie. Martin Short and 10-year-old outfit sized for a 40-year-old man 
sing San Francisco on a train platform. Mm-hmm. That that I'm just gonna say that's that I, I this can only happen in this movie. Like, there's a musical that uses that song, correct? I'm not entirely sure off the top of my head. Forgive me, my my Broadway musical knowledge uh, kind of ends with Hamilton and Avenue Q. Oh, okay. So, so you mean it begins with Avenue Q and ends with Hamilton? Um, much, yeah. Okay, cool. Because I thought that that was a song, or maybe he just maybe Martin Short's character is just like me and makes up little melodies in my head and sings. That's what them. I kind of thought it was. He was just making something okay. up. Okay. Um. So then he go he you know he gets home and Martin uh, Clifford gets home and decides to throw a rager. Uh, with on the prehenal tense that they take him to Dinosaur Land tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Charles Gordon's character gets to San Francisco, calls, finds out that, you know, they are, uh, they're having a house party. And so then he's like, you want to go get him, man? I love that he just grabs the phone and he goes, no, I'll be right over. <laughs> like the most, like, this kid is unaware of how pissed off this man is. That he's just like. Alright. I'd hate to be that guy, but I'm still going to be at this party. <laughs> so then he goes to confront uh, Mary Seenberg's character and let her know, Hey, you know, I'm here. Surprise. And basically, her, their boss is hitting on her. And she tries to stop his advances. Oh yeah, she immediately and, is like, no, fuck off. That's This is not what I came here for. This is yeah. this is another unfortunate instance of a uh, person in power abusing their abusing their power. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, something that happens unfortunately way too damn often. Yeah, uh, and then uh, she takes off his wig, which really is a wig, um, and throws it out the window, and he's pissed, and uh, he. Basically, he's like, that. You, you can't believe you did that, blah, blah, this. And she's like, well, you know, you're kind of an asshole. And, yeah, he's like, well, whatever. So they go back to, well, he just kind of deals with it because he, he, he was put in his place. Like, he was put in his place. Um, and I think she doesn't get fired, does she, I believe? I don't know. I don't think she gets fired. I don't uh, think so because I think he knows that like she can get him fired. Oh yeah, no. If she, if she's like, oh, he made an advance at me, blah blah this, then yeah, um, she he can get fired for that. But so then after that they go and we're getting to the big presentation. He's still working on it. He basically um, puts um, he ties up <laughs> Martin Short's character when he gets back home from. Um, San Francisco, uh, but not too, not as entangled as he is when Mary Seenberg's character shows up. Uh, you know, he's 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 like he's just tied to like the bed, like yeah. Hey, you know, but what does Clifford do? He decides to reinvent the wheel and basically makes his uncle Martin look insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
you know, then she's like, well, I'm going to take him away, blah, blah, this. So she takes Clifford away, and Charles Gordon's like, well, I have to go do this presentation. After this presentation, I will go and talk to Mary Steenburgen. I will go and talk to Clifford, blah, blah. So he goes, and he notices that his boss is wearing a ponytail all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he makes Which, the reference. When, with, I, when I saw him in this scene, I went, oh, I didn't know Rip Torn was in this movie. Oh, my God. The man who killed Rip Torn speaks about Rip Torn. Hey, hey, we agreed not to speak about that again. Hey, <laughs> I did not fine. kill Rip Torn. It's fine. I was a joke. That was a joke. That was a joke. I, I, am, I am not um, responsible for that amazing man's death. Thank so, you very much. After that, uh, we, you know, he makes a joke about Willie Nelson, uh, about his boss, uh, not knowing if his boss hears it or not. So then he goes to plug in the actual computer program to show it, Um, and it explodes, and Charles Grodin basically loses it on the inside, gets fired from his job, goes to Mary Steenburgen's house, gets Clifford, takes him to, uh, and decides to take him to Dinosaur World. Because he decides, you know what? I'm going to take you on the ride you want to go to most. I'm going to take you on it. Excuse us. And you know what's going to happen? Some technical difficulties. You are going to ride this ride until you hate it. So he proceeds to slowly inch the ride faster and faster and faster each time. Which by the end, the dinosaur breaks down and the face is ripped off. And it's just weirdly an insane scene. And I don't know how else... We can say, "Oh my God!" But I don't. I don't know. I don't know how else to to say it. But when he goes ahead and just riding around, and you know, so then he feels bad about putting him on this ride. Okay. Do you want to okay, talk about okay, this ride? Because I know Forgive you me. love this Ta- ride. Hang on, for just a second, because you've been falling in and out we've been having some technical difficulties i need you to back up because i think you started talking about my favorite scene in this movie without me i was i was actually about to let you talk about it go ahead okay your favorite scene the ride yes but but before 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 we go any further i'm just gonna say one scene and then you can take it over go when he goes to dinosaur world and he sees a security guard and the security guard looks at him and he's and charles gordon is disheveled Mm-hmm. And the security guard's like, hey, oh, I'll take full responsibility. And I love the security guard's like, wait, weren't you just weren't you just considered an act of terrorism and then you lost your job because the tram blew up that you had the model? Yup. <laughs> okay, dude, you can go ahead on in here. I don't care. Like, I like how that guy probably just left. And that, he just left. Go on. Go on yep. with your favorite part of the movie. Yep. So my favorite part of this movie is this weird ass ride. The uh, what? What's the Larry the T Rex? Larry yeah, the Scary T Rex. Scary Terry the T Rex. 
No, it's Terry the Pterodactyl, which I knew oh, because okay. I've accidentally named a D&D &D character that. Um, excuse me, I have, I have a sneeze coming on. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Okay. <coughs> there we go. I'm done. Yeah, I right? promise. Yeah. So, this ride is absolutely insane. 10 out of 10 for theming. Because, oh my god, in terms of theming, this thing is on the level of a fucking Disney ride. Like, literally better than the actual dinosaur ride in Animal Kingdom. That being said... Larry of, the Scary Rex! That being said, in terms of functionality, these guide rails are basically toothpicks. <laughs> Holy shit, like, are you telling me this guy was the main architect and designer for this janky-ass ride that... It, they're lucky it didn't fall apart much sooner. <laughs> this is yeah. not very well built. Uh, and it barely withstands... How, how many times does, uh, does three. Clifford... Three. Total three times? Yeah, because it's just one. And then he rides around and then he goes a little bit faster, does it the second time, and then goes even faster on the third time and can't stop it. Because... Yeah, so he ride, he runs this ride three times after park hours, and it breaks the ride completely. But what also, he's progressively getting faster during the day. He's progressively getting faster though, like he's knocking it up to ten every time, like he's knocking it up ten times faster every time. So you got to think about it that way as well. But the thing is, why would you design? To it for it to go faster, if you know it's gonna crash. Yeah. But go ahead. I know this is your favorite part. Again, in terms of theming, ten out of ten. Love the ride. In terms of functionality, it needs uh, a better ride vehicle with a like an actual lap bar or something. Because when he gets in the ride, he doesn't pull anything on his lap or anything. He doesn't seatbelt himself in. He's just loose in this janky ass looking Triceratops car. Going through full fucking barrel rolls and, and loops and shit. And I'm just like, oh, he's dead. He would 100% fucking fall out of the vehicle. He's dead. Oh. <laughs> Which I guess was the point. Yeah. Uh, and then as the movies progressively get faster, the ride starts to break down. And then Larry the Scary Rex has its plastic face being peeled off as it's trying to chomp Clifford. Because it fell... And it's trying to chomp Clifford because it's falling. Like, pieces are falling down. Uh, and then, what about, uh, do you want to talk about Charles Grodin's redemption? His character re redemption? Oh, how, he, how he's like, do I save the kid or do I let him die? Do I save the kid or do I let him die? Fuck it, I'll save the kid. And he climbs up on the Triceratops ride and picks him out and, and saves him from getting eaten gruesomely by this giant malfunctioning mechanical T-Rex. Uh, and then I think the next thing we see is him is uh, is is uh, Clifford being the ring bearer in their wedding, right? Am I missing a part? Well, we have another scene. Uh, we go back to the future um, and uh, you know, he basically tells him you know, different things like like this, like, hey, look, see, this is my life, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, well, mm -hmm. is that it? And then we have the ring bearer part is where he goes, well, I was 
um, I was given that special call to be the ring bearer at their wedding. And I love that Mary Steenberg kisses him on the side of the cheek. And I love that he like yeah, holds and then his he does that up. really creepy thing that people with no boundaries do, which is lean in and like stick their cheek out and expect you to kiss them on the cheek, even when you're clearly not comfortable with it. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, don't do anything that this character does because it just makes people weird. It just makes people but, feel and- weird and uncomfortable. And then I like that Charles Gordon, likely like everyone that should happen, feels like that. And Mary C. Emergent is like, just kiss him. Like, just do it. Get it <laughs> just do way. it. Uh, and then come to find out that um, he had Stefan in his pocket when he was an old priest the whole time. Mm-hmm. So he's never given up Stefan the entire nope. time. Nope. Okay. He's, and he's yeah. a priest? But he dresses like a bishop, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, How did this person ever become... And it, I, I'm torn, because on one hand, how did someone this obviously psychologically fucked up ever make it into the priesthood? On the other hand, it's entirely possible that the priesthood, depending on the region, accepts exclusively this kind of person. Now, I guess you could make the argument. Well, I still that think it's in lower is, Lower California. It is Lower California. You could make the argument that it takes someone who is mentally childlike with that kind of internal sense of whimsy that never goes away to relate to young boys and children. Um, however, the Catholic Church has gotten in a lot of trouble for taking that a bit too far. Oh yeah. So. Oh, yeah. This whole concept of this weird-ass little kid that doesn't understand personal boundaries growing up to become a priest or bishop or whatever the fuck he is, because this movie clearly doesn't know, uh, is a bit alarming. Like, I would call it a big ol' red flag. It's it's a yeah. bit alarming. Yeah. And it's the only uh, thing that kind of took me out of the movie. It's just like, that's, that's fucking weird. Uh, and then also at the very end line is uh, him talking to Stefan going, mission accomplished, old friend. And I'm just like, okay, you're going to end on that? Yep. Okay. Yep, that's what the movie uh, ends on. Um, so uh, before we go into our rating system, uh, I just want to say a few solemn words uh, about Charles Gordon. Um, even though I've never met the man, um watching his movies over and over as a child um, and as a young adult and again as an adult with the great Muppet caper um, it's really just heart my heart is sad because of all the potential characters that he's gotten to play over the years and potential characters that he hasn't been able to play um, like he stopped doing big budget work, I think in the late nineties, the mid to late nineties and yeah. stopped and then started doing TV shows back again in like, you know, 2000, like he was a correspondence for, um, I believe, uh, one of the news networks, uh, like 2001. So yeah. he was having a job here and there, but it's just sad to see someone with such great potential and such like fascinating 
acting abilities to play such a comedic character or in Midnight Run when he plays a actual character that's actually trying to fight for his his own life to be alive. Yeah. Like it shows how good of an actor he is, how versatile he is. But it also sucks that most people don't like him because they think that he is the more outlandish characters like this or like Beethoven, Beethoven 2. Like that- that being said, um, my some my my summer fa- my summer story, yeah. Like he is a person that I'm now. I'm not saying he hasn't done any wrong. I don't know exactly, but he's a person that should have got more recognition yeah. than what he was given. Um, any anytime glad... someone like this who has such a massively fun personality in the characters that they do. Anytime someone like that passes away, it's hard not to feel like the world gets a little bit less fun with them not Mm -hmm. being around anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Charles Charles, uh, Grodin, we already miss you. (laughs) Um, And also, uh, Patron sent me one of the articles, uh, and one of the articles was, uh, it was the day after Charles Grodin passed. It goes one of one of Hollywood's romances dies t- today or dies yesterday. Yeah. And Charles Grodin and Miss Piggy from the Great Muppet Caper. Yeah. Um. So all I have to say is, uh, R.I.P. Charles Grodin. Uh, you will be very missed, especially on this podcast. Um, and if you guys would like a Charles Grodin month where we do different movies, please let us know. Uh, email us at cinemagems15 at gmail, or also tweet at us, or uh, you know, PM uh, the Instagram on cinemagemspod, and cinemagems underscore pod is the Twitter. Um, let us know what you want us to review, not exactly about Charles Gordon, you know, Charles Gordon content only, whatever you feel like you want to listen to. Um, and also, guys, uh, we have a ranking system here on uh, Cinema Gems. Full gem, an amazing movie. Half gem, an alright movie. No gem, a horrible movie. But Maestro, what do you give Clifford of 1994? Not Clifford the Big Red Dog. Oh, I know. Because everybody thinks we're talking about Clifford the Big Red Dog. But we're not. We're not. Um, I went back and forth with this movie from scene to scene. Uh, kind of teetering. No gem, half gem. I would say this is a half gem if you're ready for how uncomfortable it gets. Um, it, it's at least a half gem if this is your kind of comedy. If if the dry, deadpan, uncomfortable silences uh, is your brand of comedy, go for it. This is made for you. Um there are going to be a lot of people who just do not like this movie. And I was teetering on that edge the entire time I watched it. So I think I'm going to ultimately give this a half gem question mark. A, a the half yeah. gem question mark. So the question mark and then the half gem is at the bottom of yeah. the question mark. Yeah. No, ex- exactly. Yeah, it's a question mark and the dot at the bottom is a half a gem. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I give this a half a gem if you're very well inebriated 
um, as a great person just said a second ago, if this is your kind of humor, you will absolutely love this movie. If you do not, it is not your movie. It is not your movie. If you want to watch and see how weird and strange and how bad and how much of a cult classic this movie is, go watch it. It's on HBO Max. I will say Go this is one out. of the weirder movies I have watched for this show. And I thought, I genuinely thought that Interstate 60 was going to be the weirdest movie that the Admiral ever makes me watch. And I love that movie. I love weird shit in movies. I was not ready for how absurdly weird and uncomfortable this movie was going to get. As you said, I undersold it to you. You did. You undersold it quite a bit. Even when we got to Swapper Jackson, you started making movie references at me for a movie that I had not yet watched. <laughs> yeah. But I did undersell it and basically just told you, you need to understand that Martin Short is 40 years old in this movie. That's what yeah. you need to know going into this. That's your suspension of disbelief. Yep. Is that. <laughs> yep. Um. So, yeah. Uh, so guys, uh, we're running a little bit over, but uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for letting us know that you know you like you like hearing us, and also thank you Marty the Arrogant Zerber for letting us use your website, uh, lowrainpictures.com. Also Kevin George, thank you for letting us use your music, and also guys, look, next week we don't know what's going on, but but we'll be ready for Friday for you guys. But Meister, you got anything else before we head out? Um, as always, uh, well, not as always, um, as we said in the beginning, happy Pride Month, have a safe, uh, and comfortable, I hope, Pride Month, um, remember you are valid and you are loved, you are deserving of love, uh, um, I had more besides the Twitter stuff, but I guess we can just skip right to the Twitter stuff, uh, you can follow and find our episodes and everything like that on the Cinema Gems Twitter page, Cinema, again, Cinema Gems underscore pod. Uh, you can find some pictures of the dogs and uh, what we look like when we were recording on our Instagram. What's that again, Admiral? Mm -hmm. Cinema Gems pod. Uh, you can also uh, email us your comments, questions, concerns, recommendations, and recipes at cinemagems15 at gmail.com. And yes, we do read that email very often. Uh, and we are waiting for your comments, concerns, and suggestions. Bring it on. Yeah. Um, and guys, also, uh, thank you guys just for listening. Um, I know a lot of people are starting to unmask uh, because, the quote-unquote, they're, they're vaccinated or they're fully inoculated. That's cool. Um, I wear my mask because I, I know there are people out there that can't get the vaccine. Um and I that is my only way to help them I, I personally uh, think in terms of masks I really wish that the American people could have the level of maturity about this that some Asian countries have with just normalizing wearing a mask in public and it not being a big deal because it's just a courtesy it's like opening the door for someone it's like saying bless you when someone sneezes it's a courtesy. It's a you're doing a little bit of good for society in the long term by protecting yourself from getting sick, or if you know you're sick, protecting others around you from getting sick. It's just a courtesy. 
So um, I do I do have a meme that just popped in my head that oh. I want to make a meme from this movie. What's that? What's Charles that? Grodin's yelling at the template. Charles Grodin is yelling at Martin Short. All right. Okay. Martin Short is Americans not wanting to wear a mask. Charles mm-hmm. Grodin is the CDC. Just act normal for once and just wear it. Like, just, that's it. No, you're, you're absolutely correct. It's, it's been a little bit absurd how uh, childish so many of the American people have been about absolutely refusing to do the simplest thing for the common good. Um, y'all, just be kind to yourselves and be kind to each other. Um, and also, please, can you do me a favor? Throw your masks away if you have disposable masks. Throw oh, them yeah, away please. in a trash receptacle. In a, in, in a proper receptacle, please. <laughs> I'm and hoping, also, wash I'm your other ones. That the people who listen to this show don't need to be reminded of that. Genuinely yes. hoping. Um, Alright guys, that's all we have for this week. Also guys, also happy Pride Month. And also, Black Lives Always Matter. Always. And also guys, Even when it's not wipe your hooves. Yes. Wipe your hooves and see you later. And also guys, Black Lives Always Matter. Love you. Bye. Bye.